back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League show where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. What's happening, Rob? Hey, that's me. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, Kevin, for that that sturdy yet confident inter- introduction of me by you. I always appreciate the kind words that you have to throw in my direction. But no, excited to be here another week. You know, it's going to be another condensed schedule next week after this week. I'm always talking about the next week, never never this week, until we finally get into the momentum of this week. That's funny. I always do the same thing. I'm always and to talking be about fair, the, the match week is technically next week. Yeah, I, and the funny thing about this week is, listen, uh, the F- EFL Cup games are over. Uh, now the FA Cup games are in play. You're probably listening to this before the FA Cup games are being played. So listen to 50% of what we're saying as true because you know injuries and stupidity and, and our basic lack yeah and our basic guessing me- methodology is probably going to be completely way off and yeah like kevin said transfers are still available for like, another few days so that could also happen too but you know listen if you're if you're listening to this and you listen to this as you know for transfer advice start sit advice don't don't do anything until after the FA Cup game we're you know I like to think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a mouse, but I'm really an albatross. <laughs> oh my <laughs> I god! <laughs> I know you had to. Put I, it in. I, I had to throw that in there. I've been singing that all day to Kevin. I have uh, no idea no. what that reference is at it, it, all. It, it, but it's it's fun. a cheesy club song from a few years ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So don't don't do anything. Sit sit on your hands for a little bit, and also sit on your hands even further because with the results of today's EFL Cup games mm. and the the impact that it has on the future scheduling. Now that there are, there's going to be four teams blanking in week 26. So yeah. that is a, a future impact, and, and I, I do want to touch on this right away. So, Kev, we're going to jump right into this. Um, with the four teams off now, so it's it's City, United, Southampton, and Arsenal mm. are all blanking in week 26. And with the FA Cup games going to affect the week 28 schedule, which is two weeks after that the four teams are already blanking. Kevin, when are you – proactively looking at your roster to formulate a good, you know, mixture of guys that you need to get in and get out so you're not you're not, you know, hamstrung by those blank weeks. Well, I think you need to start looking ahead now and I do think that um people that listen to us in December are in a better place because we recommended kind of having a stronger bench through that period. And if yeah. you still have done that, if you didn't, you know, crazy upgrade to Aguero or Kane or anything like that, you should still have a decent bench, and I think that's the best way to deal with things like this. Um, because then you have the option of either sticking with a player and just subbing him one week, or if you have to sell, you know, to get a decent team in there. Um, match week 26 as it is, there are already some matches that are going to be probably fairly lopsided. Um, Chelsea, Swansea, and Everton, Sunderland are kind of the two that are really sticking out to me right now. Um, so maybe start eyeing shifts to those Guys, I know Chelsea have a really tough run uh, in, at the moment, but things should clear up around then. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd keep an eye on it now. And I don't think that um, players like Alexis or Otsul or probably not Walcott because he's been injured, um, but like Ibra, a lot of people have been bringing in Pogba there for a little bit. I don't think any of them mm-hmm. are above being dropped if you're in a situation where your team is healthy enough, um, where you have enough transfers that you can swap them out around then. But I definitely say, you know, start looking ahead now because uh, yeah. it'll definitely be a shortened game week, as you mentioned. And the fact that it's Arsenal, City, and United is is pretty big. The only Southampton player you're probably owning still is Van Dyke, and he, now he's hurt for a while. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's very good to to bring that up. And as you said, we'll have even more clarification after these FA Cup matches. Yeah, I, I think that going into Week 26, I think that you should at minimum – not use your wild card. I don't think that's an option. I think that the wild card is is basically a double game week move if you haven't used it already because some people need to rescue their roster and and salvage themselves. But I think if you have your wild card still still available to you, I think you hold on to it before before or after these games conclude and wait for a double game week because now there are going to be double game weeks because these games have to get made up whether they get put on a you know a certain dep- we don't know the dates that they're going to get put in, but I would wait for the double game week and. Uh, you know, the four teams that, that can't blank in either game are probably going to get a little extra attention. They are West Brom, West Ham, Bournemouth, and Everton. 
So those four teams can't blank in either 26 or 28 because they've been eliminated from both uh, cup game, cup fixtures. So they, they, they don't have any, any further ramifications on their scheduling. So, you know, that's something uh, to keep I'm in mind. I'm going to own Lukaku at some point. Yeah, it's 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 uh. gonna be a, it's gonna be a thing, <laughs> because based on the percentages, there, there's there's a lot there's a good chance that a lot of the good players that are playing in week 26 are probably gonna blank in week 28. You know, like Chelsea is a high percentage to to blank in week 28. So it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a good shifting around. Hey, you know what? It, it's good practice for uh, next year when we when we all suck again. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to the FA Cup a little bit. I just don't I just want to see nobody get hurt. Uh, nobody significant get hurt. I mean, you know, anybody, you know, Dean Marnie can get hurt. I could care less, but um, <laughs> but guys of that nature. But yeah, I, I just want to see a clean game. Get ready for the slate on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you know we we reattack on uh, the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, of interesting note on injuries, uh, Kane, Toby, and Danny Rose are all being held out of the EFL Cup match at the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, with Pochettino saying he's uh or that they're all probably going to play Tuesday. But they all got yellow flags because of it. So, uh, yeah. and I only know that because I'm a Spurs fan. I'm sure you know other fans of other clubs know the little niggles going on at their team. So just kind of be sure, as you mentioned, not only could they pick up injuries here, but there may be players held out because they're supposed to play midweek. So you just have to be really um, focused on on your team at the moment and just make sure mm-hmm. that everybody's okay and will play um, on that Let's- Tuesday Wednesday. That, from a fantasy perspective, that's kind of a good thing because their price is locked. They can only drop once now, so yeah. that's a good thing when they when a flag goes up. You know, yep. they can only drop in price once. I mean, nobody really wants to own you know Spurs players, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Dull is super invaluable. Invaluable? Wait, uh, not wow. My whole brain just spasmed. Um, not <laughs> not not valuable. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, also, we did mention some transfer stuff. People that I like that Rob apparently already doesn't like. Um, and by Niang going to Watford, I think offers them a lot of face that they need. If they decide to play Niang and, and uh, success more often, I would be much more excited about that Watford team. Uh, and it looks like Hesse may be on his way to Middlesbrough. They create the fewest chances in the league. They have the worst attack in the league. Uh, and as I mentioned to Rob Affair, I think it's interesting that they're replacing a Wunderkind from uh, four years ago with Fisher with Hesse from like three years ago. So it'll be interesting if he can live up to it. But both Hesse and Niang have a lot of pace. Uh, and if, if they could really start contributing to their teams, they could become very interesting fantasy values. I don't think either of them are in the game yet. Um, no, but, but we'll, I'm sure we'll tweet out from our stuff when they are, what, whether or not they're worth it. What do you what do you think the headline at Middlesbrough is going to be for their signing? What are you talking about, Hesse? What do you think, I'm loco? <laughs> I'm local crazy. I don't know. Um, how about Hesse's girl? No, that's Ooh. that'll be the article about as well. I like to say I like the Cypress Hill throwback there a little bit. What are you talking about, Hesse? Yeah, you know I'm local. So all stuff there. Uh, any other transfer stuff that I'm missing? Uh, Snod- Snodgrass is a is a speculative oh. thing right now. Uh, As we're recording, yeah. The, this, the skipper of Hull has said that it'll be finalized within the hour after the game concluded. So, I mean, in all speculative thing, if we're saying this now, he's going to be, by the time you're listening to this, he may be in a he hammer jersey. Yeah. So, he's going to be blowing bubbles very soon. <laughs> well, there you go. Actually, that uh, leads us very handily. We liked doing the uh, kind of either orbit last week, um, comparing players head to head. Uh, so I'll lead off on this because you segued into it masterfully. Who oh, would totally. you rather have? Snodgrass from Hull or Snodgrass at West Ham? Um, hmm. I'd like to see the lineup the first time he plays for the Hammers because I want to see where he fits on the pitch with them, whether he's complimenting Lanzini up ahead of him, if Lanzini's playing to the right or to the left of him, you know, where Mikel Antonio was playing – um, you know where Andy Carroll is actually if he's playing that that'll be the, that'll be the big significant for me for him a Snodgrass thing at his price five dot eight he he's he was a great buy at Hull because he did everything the thing that I don't think that carries over is I don't think he remains the the PK taker there or uh, you know there. on a lot of set pieces yeah. he may he may step step up and take some set pieces eventually not right away but event you know eventually um you know basically the, 
if he does get on PKs, you know, basically if, if Mark if Mark Noble had any value, it's it's depleted and gone. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd probably I'd say Snodgrass at Hull, only because I don't know where he fits into the the puzzle with West Ham currently. Yeah, I think it's an absolute mess at West Ham. Because you already have IU there. I know Fuguli's been disappointing, but he's still an option. Lanzini has really stepped up in Pyatt's absence. And Mikhail Antonio can play 11 places on a pitch. So <laughs> I, I agree. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how they sort them. If I had to guess, I'd say Lanzini out left, Snodgrass center, Antonio right? Maybe? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, but, an, 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 Antonio's a, a Swiss army knife, dude. He could play anywhere. It's true, but also uh, Andre Ayew from the summer was literally their most expensive signing ever. Yeah, so he's gonna be—he's—he's. He's, I don't think he's gonna find a spot. Yeah, and then the other thing is, Diafra Sacco is arguably better than Andy Carroll, and he's still hurt, mm-hmm. and he's gonna come back at some point. So then, are you playing two up front? Because if so, that takes away some of these positions. So it's yeah. gonna be a whole mess. So yeah, I agree with you. I like Snodgrass better at Hull, and of all of the options. I would have liked Snodgrass the most at Burnley, which is where it looked like he was going to be heading as recently as like five hours ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, I'll jump into my first one because it's a brilliant segue because you basically said both both teams and a player that I'm going to hey. throw at you. So you, you mentioned West Ham. You did mention Burnley. Um, everybody's always on the, the, the snipe for a, a viable third striker candidate. Uh, I know this week probably favors one guy more than the other. Maybe. Uh, so my two to you, Kevin, Andre Gray or Andy, Andy Carroll? Andre Gray. It's not even that close for me. It should be, but it's not. Because I don't know if you remember, like a month and a half ago, I told people to buy in on Carroll. I did it in my own team, and he did nothing for the three weeks I owned him, sold him, and then all of a sudden he's doing bicycle kicks, scoring two in a game, being an asshole. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I love Andre Gray. I love Andre Gray's pace. Um, it really looks like he's developed well. As we mentioned yesterday on our DFS show, he's like everything that Danny Ings was supposed to develop into. Has yeah. the pace, has the finishing, creates his own chances, gets behind the defense, just hassles the back line all match. Um, and he does take PKs. And he does, yeah. So I, I, I'd probably take Andre Gray in that scenario. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just threw, I, I, li- I like Gray as well there, but, um, there's a lot of, lot of gossip. You know, people are liking the upcoming West Ham fixtures, you yeah. know, and, you know, Carroll has been had did come is coming off yeah. a game where he did score two goals. So, yeah. you know, price wise, they're they're mir- like mirror image of each mm-hmm. other. Pr- points on the season, they're very close. So that that's why I, I threw that one in your yeah. direction. Well, I I have a follow up for yours. Like, apparently, we're going back and forth. <laughs> would you take because you picked Andre Gray over Andy Carroll? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who would you prefer between Andre Gray and your once upon a time boy Solomon Rondon? Oh, it's 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 great. Okay. I, I don't trust West Brom. I don't trust West Brom's. Because uh, they just scored two again. Like, it looks like that Tottenham match was the blip. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't trust Rondon. I know the schedule is completely in his favor. Probably if you compare him in comparison to yeah. Andre Gray and Burnley's, um, but you know, um, I I'd pick Gray up until week twenty six, and then after that, because Burnley can blank in week twenty eight. So and West Brom is safe. So. From that standpoint, in the future, Rondon, but Gray for the next for the immediate future. Fair enough. Uh, okay, my turn. Let's get into some. Let's get into some high price guys. Oh, we, right. You know, uh, both these guys over 10, 10 million in in salary. Uh, I'm going to throw this at you, Kev. Eden Hazard or Kevin De Bruyne. Hazard is is, is kind of lying in the weeds. Hasn't really manufactured anything positive for fantasy owners and then De Bruyne hadn't done anything for four or five games there and then he comes back with a goal and assist last week so who are you gonna go with I think it's De Bruyne I mean Hazard burned me hard again um it seems like he goes on these great runs I finally buy in and then he does nothing uh De Bruyne I I mean I'm also concerned about Manchester City's attack to be fair but I think De Bruyne is more often involved in team moves than Hazard is Hazard's moves tend to be pretty isolated. It's like him versus his guy. He just tears up the whole pitch, and then you knock over your mic. Um, Man down. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I think uh, I'd probably I'd probably go De Bruyne at this point, I, and actively because I just transferred out Hazard. So yeah, I I'd probably pick De Bruyne. Uh, I think that the Chelsea options are are becoming more limited now. Um, the way that you're only allowed three players from each team. And the way the stoutness that is the Chelsea defense, I think that one of your players 
you know, from the team has to be an investment in their defense to, in order to keep pace with everybody else, you know, basically keep up with the Joneses. And I think Diego Costa, now that there's no starting concerns, everything's all, you know, nice and tidy and they, they've, they've kissed and made up. I think he's probably the second. And I'm more on the, I'm more on the side of, I'd rather have guaranteed clean sheet points from a second defender at Chelsea at, at, you know, cheaper than 10, obviously because defenders aren't 10 million. Then, then risk, then risk the run of of bad games that Hazard has gone through. So I'd probably, since you're only allowed three, I'd probably double up on a Chelsea defense and then pick Costa. That that would be my thing, and that would be yeah. my vote against Hazard. So I'd probably lean, I'd probably lean De Bruyne there because you know because of the the hindrances on the lineup thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm gonna go defense, sticking with Everton, who have rapidly improved. <laughs> would you rather have Seamus Coleman or Leighton Baines? You know, Don't I actually had this Holgate. That was last week's episode. <laughs> I, I actually had this one written down as one of mine. Also, um, you know, they're they're both interesting, interesting uh, defensive candidates here for both. You know, for both guys, um, both are basically playing the adjunct wing role. Basically, they're basically the Everton version of Marcus Alonso and Victor Moses right now because Everton is rolling a back three with Williams, Holgate, and. Uh, Funes More, whoever whoever you want to throw back there, um, and it's working. They're they're defensively they're they're starting to click. They're starting to come together. And um, from a fantasy perspective, fa- Everton defense is a positive positive buy right now. Um, I know their prices five dot six are are very similar. Um, Coleman is has been shocking the world world lately with with twelve and fifteen in his last two games, six bonus points. Uh, I think he's within two points net two two bonus points on the season of Baines. Um, but I, I love both guys. I, I'd probably stick with Leighton Baines only because he probably takes more direct kicks at goal than Coleman. That's the only that's the only factor there. I would love to I would love to have both guys. Their prices are moderately to the middle. They're scoring in the top ten for both for defenders, I believe. So I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I'd, I'd like Baines only because if push came to shove and there was a PK to be taken, Baines is going to take it over Coleman every day. Yeah, and, and I think Baines is more likely to assist while Coleman's more likely to score, I think is kind mm-hmm. of the divide between the two of them. <laughs> but uh, in case you're wondering why we're talking about this, not only have they been much better of late um, with, what, four clean sheets in their last five, Coleman with a goal and an assist in that period, <laughs> but these are the numerical in rankings of attack uh, teams that they're about to face. Uh not in order, but 4th, 8th, 9th, 12th, 19th, and 20th out of the Height. next, out of the next, what, what is that, 6? Yeah. It's out of the next 5, yeah. Um, Tottenham being the only one uh, of significance. Bournemouth uh, and West Brom are both in there, but they're 8th and 9th, so they're like just above. I mean, <laughs> these, are some, these are some good fixtures, and that team, much like when Tottenham switched to 3 at the back, has instantly started playing better. And uh, once Schneiderlin really gets involved in that team, you pair him next to Idrissa Guy, who, by the way, again, is the second best defensive midfielder in the Premier League now. I think Conte's actually slipped. I think it's now Wanyama, Guy, Conte. Um, and it's only true because of these shifts to the three. I think Conte probably is the most well-rounded of the three. Um, mm-hmm. But in the new roles of both Wanyama and Guy, they're just there to destroy everything, and both of them are terrific at it. Yeah. Um, so they're both they're both protecting those those uh, back lines very very well. So yeah, I I do not think that this is a flash in the pan. I think this Everton defense is for real. And I was too early on this, by the way. At the start of the season, I said I thought they'd be for real under Coleman. Um, and it just seems like it's finally Clicking. really getting there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll go. We'll do one more for oh, me, right. only because uh, we both these guys have been getting some some good love from us lately, and in, in probably recent podcasts, one guy longer than the other. But uh, they're probably similarly, and we were just talking about Everton, Kevin Morellish, and Matt Phillips. Oh, it's Matty P for me, but I do own both. So this is... <laughs> I, I know you do own both. That's why yeah. I was asked. That's why I had to ask you, because... Yeah, that hits close. Uh, I, think, I think the 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 difference is, I do think Phillips is a little better, and he's a little cheaper. But I think both are super ownable right now. Like I said, I'm... I'm I'm scared. I'm biting on this Everton thing hard. Not with Lukaku yet because I'm terrified. Although you bringing up that they're not going to have any blanks is real scary to me because I can feel myself bringing in Lukaku at some point and then hating yeah. it. 
Yeah. Um, but I love what we've seen out of Morales. He is much more involved in play. He's looked, he's looked so good. And we have talked in the past that he can be very temperamental. He can have streaks and of good and bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think we're on a hot streak right now. And also, um, the, one of the reasons I was willing to bring in Morales is A, it facilitated my downshift from Hazard. And B, once we know where Snodgrass is and once we know that Zaha is back and fit and everything because he has uh, returned from AFCON, um, it's easy to shift off of him for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, I would take Phillips over Morales, but I take both of them over some of the other options out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I found it interesting. I saw a chart where like the last three or four games that Morales has started, he's basically playing laterally of how high Lukaku is playing on the pitch. So that just shows you where he's playing. Mm. Uh, I, I love Matty Phillips. I love what he brings to West Brom. He's probably one of the best advanced wing players for his price uh, he's basically giving you Mares last year. I mean, type he's value. one of the best advanced players, period. Yeah, and then yeah. also his price is insane. Yeah, yeah and his price is five to five. You know, uh, he's basically returning you like Mares type value these last 10, 10, 11 weeks. You know, based on his price, where Mares la- was last year, and now where Phillips is this year. Also, you know, I love that you listed him at five five because that's when you brought him in. He's at five yeah, he's nine. Five eight. He's five nine now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just shows how long I've been on Matty Phillips. Yeah, mine's 5-5 five five as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I apologize for giving the wrong price. <laughs> sorry, we're um, so good. <laughs> sorry, we're so advanced in this game. <laughs> All right, Kevin, let's move on to quadratic theory of uh, mass configuration of the midfielders. Um, Go. What? Um, Actually, uh, I do want to take a, a beat, though, because I just mentioned an interesting one that wasn't on my list. But Ooh. if right now, this week, without knowing the fate of Snodgrass or Zaha, who would you prefer? Zaha. Okay. I think he, you think there's I a think, higher chance he plays for Crystal Palace than Snodgrass plays for whoever the hell he plays for? Yeah, I think I think Zaha comes comes back in on, I think their fixture's Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. So I think he comes in Tuesday, and I think he plays. Uh, Crystal Palace is... Greatly missed him, so I sure. think he's going to be a welcome, welcome back addition, welcome back Car- Carter type thing going on there. Um, you know, and he's only going to help other players around him. You know, Benteke is somebody that I would look at this week. You know, not this week, but maybe in the future, because I think Zaha, his facilitation to help Benteke off the ball, will will give Benteke back a little bit of value, not you know tremendous value, but he'll be back on fantasy radars again because of it. Yeah. Um, also, this is kind of a surprise. Thing. Have you done your rankings yet this week? No, they'll go up to tomorrow at rasball. All right. Well, I, I won't. I won't pass you on that. But um, you can you can do it. I got them in my head. <laughs> okay. Uh, interested to hear what your five forwards are at the moment, just because uh, it, there it, it seems like there's this split now of the top five um, of Kane, Costa, Aguero, Ibrahimovic, and Lukaku. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like every week they're just shifting a little. Like a, but for me, Aguero dropped from like one to four. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Aguero this week against West Ham. Uh, I'd probably have Aguero three. I'd probably have Ebro one against Hull. They do, they do face off again. Yeah. So I think Ebro against Hull. Uh, I'd have probably Costa four because I don't like going against Liverpool. I think that he could be neutralized there. It could be a boring one-one game. Um. You know, I probably have Lukaku two, and then Aguero three, Costa four. I, I I think that ever I think of all the all the games on the slate. If you look at all the games, Everton versus Stoke, United versus Hull, Liverpool versus Chelsea, Man City versus West Ham. Tell tell me which guy you think could probably score two goals, and it's probably Lukaku. Yeah, I mean, at a, at a, Kane versus picks, Sunderland isn't that well. Uh, you know what? I did forget. I did forget Kane. So Kane would probably be two, then Lukaku three, Aguero four, Costa five. Yeah. I I, I did miss I did miss Kane. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, once again, super uh, deep in my heart. Um, I I may put Lukaku just a touch ahead of Kane because of that yellow flag. Like I I'm not, I would assume, I'm not worried about it. I assume I think, he plays, but man, I think I, it's just a rest thing. I think he has to come out and say, <laughs> listen, he's not playing because he's resting. But we can't say that because you know we want to win the FA Cup, so we're not putting our best team out there. So <laughs> and it is we're against gonna, Wickham. Wickham. Yeah. Connor, it's against Connor Wickham, dude. It's Eleven against, on one. It's against Wickaldinho, and it, dude, Connor Wickham's like, hurt real bad. Dude, that's messed up. That's not even fair. Eleven on one, and he's not even healthy. Yeah, well, he's just gonna be rolled around in a gurney. 
<laughs> the whole time. Yeah, running around the field in jazzy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I just pulled up my rankings for this week. So, yeah, I have Ibra, Lukaku, Kane, Costa, Aguero. I have Aguero 5 against West Ham. Ooh, I'm not sure I agree with that, actually. Yeah. But you know what? This is a valuable point. Is none of them are bad matchups. No, they're they're just they need A to happen for B, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, because West Ham's not awful at home defensively, so I mean, but they're also Man not going to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, no, but and Man City's not the offensive juggernaut they had that they've been chugging yeah. along as either. So th- that's why you look at it and you're like, well, Man United's playing Hull, so that Ibra's definitely probably won. Yeah. You know, Lukaku's playing the second, probably the second-rated worst team besides Kane there because Sunderland could do, you know, could be okay. So I'd probably put Lukaku two or three. Yeah. We do know? have that strange situation where United are playing Hull again because they played today as we're recording. Forget it. I'm just putting Andre Gray one, Negredo <laughs> two, Ron, uh, Solomon Rondon three, and then uh, uh, Shane Long four. Good. Um, all right, fair enough. Uh, should we talk price changes, or is, the, is is that even relevant since we have so, yeah, the, such a long time before? Uh, there, there's only a cu- there's only a couple. Uh, I I might as well read them because I did notes on them all. So you, well, there you we'll, go. Do, we'll do price ups, price downs. <laughs> there's more there's more downs than ups, which is which is pretty normal because people are are treading off of their certain guys. So here's the ups: uh, Seamus Coleman, Phil Jones, uh, Kyle Walker. Uh, like I mentioned before about Seamus Coleman, 12 and 15 in his last two. Six bonus points during that time. Their next four fixtures upcoming, Stoke, Bournemouth, Borough, and Sunderland. Uh, you need an Everton defender in the next four games. It's There's no other. If you don't own one, go get one. That should be your one transfer this week. If you have two transfers, by all means, go get two. Uh, Phil Jones, cheapest entry point into a United defense, and they play Hull this week. Uh, Kyle Walker, two clean sheets, two assists in his last three. Uh, by game time, he's going to be the highest-priced non-Chelsea or Arsenal defender. How's that? That's a good hey. stat, by the way. You're welcome. Uh, through, the, through the midfield, uh, Della Ali has gone up uh, 65 points in his last six games. Or six games. Uh, yeah, he's, the man's on fire right now. Uh, Darren Fletcher, goal makes everyone look better, especially Darren Fletcher. He's got, he's got a goal every 10 games. Yeah. Uh, way to go, Darren. <laughs> and um, my new favorite fifth midfield punt, and the guy I've currently been writing my na- his name on my Trapper Keeper every day for the last week, uh, Tom Davies, the 4.5 midfielder from Everton. I heart Tom. That's that's all it is. Uh, I I think he's probably found a place in my heart based on his flowing locks, and I I don't see him coming out of the lineup unless he does something stupid. Uh, I think Coleman I think Coleman likes him, and I think he's going to sit there. I think that they found success with him there, and I think it, it, they only build from that. I hope. Uh, also on the ups for the forwards, uh, Diego Costa. Uh, he's gone up because there's no more roster concerns. He's going to play. Uh, Harry Kane also went up six goals, two assists in his last five. Interesting note, Spurs have scored more than two goals in their, in their last eight games. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, on the downs, uh, Claudio Bravo. Uh, he went down because if Is you don't know how to read garbage? It, Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't know how to read shots versus goals allowed, <laughs> uh, it's the new Claudio Bravo stat. Um, Daily Blind has gone down. I, I, I think there's just no roster room. I think people are, are trending down from him and getting the cheaper Phil Jones in. Uh, Eden Hazard has gone down four, two, six, seven in his last four. Victor Moses has also gone down. He's not really doing enough. I know he got an assist last week, so there's that. Uh, Wilfred Zaha has gone down. He's coming back from AFCON. That's good for you that his price has gone down because it's not going to go down anymore. He's coming back. His price is probably going to go right back up. Uh, and Riyad Mahrez has gone down because he's garbage. Oh, interesting stat about Moses. I did some, I did some math with him. Uh, Victor Moses sits on 73 points currently. Um, Chelsea have 12 clean sheets with him on the pitch. If he was a defender this year, he'd be a top four scoring defender in the Premier League, uh, well, which is an inter- which is an interesting interesting thing because technically he is playing a defensive defender, yeah. but whatever. Uh, also on the ups, Bente- Christian Benteke has gone up. Uh, I mentioned before Zaha's return is only going to help him at his price. He's only 7.3. Uh, I could probably see that that holding pace for probably two weeks and then probably going up if he does something. Uh, on the also on the forwards, there's a lot of forwards and and then and I'll get into a whole group of guys that are all pretty much linked together. Origi, Origi and uh, Iannaccio have gone up. They both they're basically bench fodder now because they they haven't been performing and or been replaced they've by Jesus. Yeah, they've gone down. Yeah. Uh, Troy Deeney, uh, Watford just doesn't score enough, and 
he doesn't offer any anything that he did like he did last year. And then there's a group of four guys. They're pretty they're pretty uh, you know on, on high high profile teams. Adam Lallana, Sadio Mane, Henrik Mkhitaryan, and David Silva have all gone down. Which they're all pretty good facilitators of the ball, but they've all gone down. I think people are just moving laterally to either other options on their own current team or you know doing something else. Of course, Mane is at Afcon and he hasn't come back yet. Mkhitaryan is price and you know. What he's been doing, Silva, you know, Man City is 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 scub, scuppering right now to, to get consistent tallies, you know, and he's just not being involved in it. And that's probably a, a good reason why. Uh, so that concludes the price ups and price downs. Heaven. Commercial break. Break. Break yourself. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, we're back. Hey. That was a nice break. You guys, you guys have a relaxing time? I had a Kit Kat on that break. Oh, could you break me off a piece of that? Absolutely. Oh, thanks. That was me eating it. Um, I'm sure that was not very pleasing to listen to. Uh, all right. Well, now we are into buy sell. For me, buying forward Andre Gray at six dot two uh, has four goals in five. Burnley have scored in all of those five. Leicester have the third worst away defense. Uh, simple as. Mm-hmm. Love Andre Gray. We already talked about him. He's great. Della Ali, you already mentioned he's up to 8-8 eight, eight now. Um, if you feel left behind, don't worry. There's plenty of space on this bandwagon. He is now the third highest in in fantasy points. Total. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. He's been nuts. And uh, I don't think it's going to change against Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that Middlesbrough match not this week, but the following home or away? That could actually change my opinion on that. If it's away, I still love it. If it's Middlesbrough at... Yeah, okay, it's at White Lane, it's so it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, you, you got all of these next couple matchups. And then what is it, Liverpool after that? And that's not scary, nope. defensively. But yeah, Sunderland, Borough, Liverpool, Stoke, oh, Everton, uh, Palace, Southampton aren't the team they used to be. Oh, Burnley away is going to suck. Oh my gosh, Tottenham have such a nice run of matches. I really should have known this already. Basically through April. Yeah. Holy crap. Basically, then, East, Easter is basically their... Yeah, they're, and then they're Arsenal good and Easter. United are tough matches, but they're both at home. So basically, the wow. advice you're giving. So basically, the advice you're giving people is wait for Jesus to come out of the cave and then get rid of Spurs players. You know what? I might just hold. <laughs> wow. Hold, hold Jesus in the cave. That's wrong. <laughs> I mean, that Southampton Burnley back to back isn't like the best. No. But then, but then it ends with Arsenal West Ham United Hull. Like I. I genuinely might hold on to Harry Kane for the rest of the season. Nice. Wow. I, oh, wait. We're going to have some weird matches. And you assume that Tottenham are going to beat Wickham, which means they'll probably be one of the teams missing in yeah. 28. We'll see, though. But that is that is not a bad run now that I really look at it. Um, okay. Yeah. So, Del Ali, don't feel that fine. He's great. Uh, in defenses I like this week, uh, United, West Brom, Arsenal, and Burnley. West Brom and Arsenal, uh, feel free to keep a freaking clean sheet. Uh, but mm-hmm. Burnley and United, I feel you can trust even more. West Brom and Arsenal do have good matchups, though. Um, who you got? Uh, on defense, uh, I'll second your West Brom defense. Uh, nod there. Pick one other than McCauley. Be a differential. Dawson's owned in 1.3. Chris Brunt, 2.8. Uh, Neom is 1.4. West Brom, uh, like you said, if they can get it past the 85th minute with clean, I think they probably coast the rest of the five minutes. Because <laughs> they, <always laughs> like they always like to break our hearts. Uh, through the midfield, listen, I mentioned it before. 4.5 is the new 5.5 for midfielder, fifth, fifth midfielder punts. And that's still Tom Davies. I'm still going to talk about him. I still heart Tom Davies. Like I said, uh, he, if you're going to punt on a fifth midfielder, why don't you get a guy that's actually useful, actually playing, and actually contributing at a cheaper discount? I mean, to me, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, on forward, I, I second your Andre Gray, and I'll throw in an Andy Carroll for this week as well. I bl- I'm a believer that the, the two goals last week will can not continue this week, but I think he gets a tally or some of some sort this week. Um, so yeah, Andy Carroll is my forward because since you stole Andre Gray and made him look more shiny because you said it. <laughs> uh, and then on to my, on to my sits uh, up top uh, for Fernando Lorente. Do it again. 
two goals against Liverpool. Uh, I want to see you do it again. That's the only that's the only bad thing I have to say. Do it again. You know, I I know that they're not playing the same same defensive woeful team as Liverpool this week. So maybe the results will be different. You know, I don't know, Kev. What do you think there? You think he'll be? Di- you think that they'll be different because Man City's defense is just as bad as Liverpool's? <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can trust Man City's defense no, much. Absolutely not. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not scared of Odomende at all. Or, or maybe Man, I, I, I. You know what? I'm not gonna go on this, Chris. If you're listening to this, one of my for real life friends got a little triggered that I complained about Odomende on our Premier League show. Um, but just the fact that he acts so tough and they actually goes play down so, so easy. They, they play. They actually play Southampton this week. I was one week ahead, but even then, it's still not scary Wait, because Southampton what? is all banged up. Oh, they, you're saying Swansea? Yeah, yeah. Swansea plays Southampton this week. I said Man City, but that's I mean next. Southampton don't have Font or Van Dyke. No, so I'm no, not they're, super confident they're, in that they're, they're banged up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I even though Lorente has a has a good matchup, but for the weak, weak defense, I want to see him do it again. And then maybe I'll be a believer at his price tag of 6.1. Uh, through the midfield, Kevin De Bruyne, a goal and assist last week. Uh, the price tag is just scaring me away. Basically, I'm scared of any midfielder besides Alexis Sanchez who hasn't has one blank in the last like 18 weeks, I think, or 13 weeks. Yeah, saved so, the death last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and on, on defense, uh, I'm running from any Liverpool or Chelsea defender this week. You can't really bench your Chelsea defenders because their pro- their positive output is is very offensive. The guys you're probably owning, you know, a vast majority owns Marcus Alonso, and you're not going to sit Marcus Alonso against Liverpool, even though I don't think there's a, a, a chance in, in high holy hell that either team keeps it clean. Yeah, first and the third best-ranked attacks in the Premier League in that yeah. match. Um, for me, um, for selling, I kind of came to this realization earlier when we were going through those top five strikers. It's actually a pretty good week. For big strikers. So I don't really hate any of them. But this is just a gentle reminder uh, to not trust Dini or Negredo at all. Also, I don't mind Defoe this week, even against Tottenham's defense. As I mentioned in our other show, um, Tottenham, Lloris coming off the worst match of his season. No Vertonghen. Maybe no Toby. Maybe no Rose. I'm just not sure this is going to be the stable defense we always expect to see. Uh, and Defoe, right. revenge game. And it's a revenge game. And it's a revenge game. Yeah. Bring that up again. I will. It's a revenge game. There you go. He left Tottenham, what, three times now? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I really uh, think Defoe could get on the score sheet this week. But I think he's on 12 right now. Just a gentle reminder that he's never scored more than 18 in a season. So, you know, I know he's been doing well. Sunderland aren't creating nearly enough chances for him. I'm just saying, you know, that might start. Just the gaps between goals may start to increase. Um, hey, that that's a funny stat. So Jermaine Defoe is kind of like Adam Johnson. They both have never scored 18. Oh my gosh, we are briskly moving along from that <laughs> to uh, me complaining about Eden Hazard. I already complained about him. I kicked him out of my team. That that garbage performance against Hull has earned himself a long stay on the me not caring about him bandwagon. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm completely off on him as are many others because his price has already dropped, what, two times, three times, uh, in the past couple weeks. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. out on him. Uh, defenses I don't like. I just mentioned the Tottenham reasons. Obviously it's a good defense. I just don't think we're going to see the best of them. Uh, Stoke, I think are going to have some difficulties this week, uh, against Everton. We're in fine form. And then you mentioned both sides of the Liverpool Chelsea. I'll mention both sides of Palace Bournemouth. I don't think either yeah. of them have any chance of keeping it clean either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tout. That game's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be up and down, back and forth. Poor man's goal fest. Drag yeah, there you go. Poor <laughs> man's something fest. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, let's quickly go through uh, our teams. Have you made any changes this week? Yes, I have brought in uh, two midfielders. I brought in um, the guy I'm in love with, Tom Davies, 4.4. He's too cheap to not bring in. And be your fifth midfielder. And then I brought in Della Ali. I know I'm late to the, the wagon, but I'm still hitching on. Uh, so I brought those two midfielders in. I broke, I shipped out Lalana and uh, oh Kabai, only because I was rostering Kabai for some reason. So I will roll a 3-5-2 this week. I'll foster in goal. Baines as Pulaqueta and either Daniels. Uh, no, Alonzo. I'll probably roll the double Chelsea just in case. Uh, and then through the midfield, I'll have Davy Sanchez, Stanislas, Phillips, Ali, and then up top, Ibrahimovic and Kane for my team. Yeah, um, for me, I made a triple move. 
Uh, because I had to get Hazard out. I already had two free transfers, so it is just one minus. Um, so I brought in... Um, wait, where are they? <laughs> oh, I've uh, downgraded from Hazard to Morales. Uh, I brought in Heaton for Hugo Lloris because I'm not sure, even though they're facing two of the worst attacks in the league, I'm like I said, I'm not confident that Tottenham keep it clean the next two weeks. Um, Heaton, second highest scoring goalkeeper at 5.0. It was the amount of difference I needed to be able to upgrade my third move, which was Origi all the way up to Harry Kane. So my front three is Kane, Ibra, and Giroud. Um, I do not have a problem downgrading Giroud after this week or Morales. Uh, just depending on how things shape up, how Zaha looks if he plays. When we know more about Snodgrass, I have a lot of flexibility there. Um, so as I'm lining up right now, I'm in the 3-4-3. Heaton at the back, Phil Jones, Cedric, and Coleman. Oh, by the way, I wanted to get rid of Cedric, but then he went and did that last week, and now he's up against Swansea. So <laughs> he's earned himself a stay of execution. Also, do you remember three weeks ago when I said I was one week away from getting rid of Coleman? And then yeah. he started doing this nonsense? Thank so, God you didn't. So apparently I just need to keep complaining about players and how I'm going to get rid of them and then they show up. Uh, but anyway, so it's Heaton, Jones, Cedric, Coleman. Then across the four, uh, Stanislas, Eriksson, Sanchez, and Morales. Although I have Phillips on my bench right now against a very good Middlesbrough defense. I could really play any two of Morales, Stanislas, and Phillips and really wouldn't mind. Um, and then up front, as I mentioned, Kane against Sunderland, Ibrahimovic against Hull and Giroud versus Watford. That there could be a lot of goals in that, um, which I'm very excited about. I already mentioned Phillips on the bench, joined by uh, Adam Smith, who I also don't mind against Crystal Palace, and uh, still have Kingsley as my price dump. Want to do that to Holgate at some point, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, but anyway, the fact that I have Phillips and Smith on my bench, I absolutely love, and that's why I said uh, earlier, like, what's the approach to Match Week 26? I just think it's having lots of depth, so that you aren't forced into moves. Um, and you can bring in players that you already trust in. Cause like right now, I could have played a 4-4-2. Like if, if match week 26 happened tomorrow, if I some reason was like in a coma or just slept through it, I could wake <laughs> up tomorrow and roll Kane Giroud, Stanislas Eriksson, Phillips Morales, Jones, Cedric Coleman. Oh, no Jones. Uh, so Smith, Cedric Coleman and Heaton. And I'd be absolutely fine. That's with Alexis and Ibrahimovic on my bench. And that mm-hmm. is not a bad team. Like you might make a move, but you aren't forced to, and that's something I think is very important in the coming weeks. Rob, who are you captaining? Oh, uh, I mean, you can't really. How can, I can't take it off Sanchez. I mean, he's had one blank week in the last thirteen without a tally. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it's either probably going to be Sanchez or Ibrahimovic this week. Yeah, I'm. I. Uh, I just was talking about how much I love the depth of my squad, but it's led to some problems because I think I could legitimately captain Ibra, Kane, Erickson, or Sanchez and be pleased. Yeah. But I do also agree with you. I've left the armband. Is there some way for me to check this? I never have. I don't know if there's some way for me to check Sanchez, but I don't think I've taken the band off of him. Well, anytime in recent memory. Who knows how yeah, long ago it was. It's been a month for me. So Yeah, let's see. One, two, three, four... Uh, he had, yeah, one blank since match week 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like 12 matches in a row. It's, yeah. it's, ridic- it's ridiculous. And he at least kept a clean sheet that week, so you even got six out of that one if you kept. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's been bonkers. It, it it does kind of feel like that in fantasy sometimes, doesn't it? Like, he's earned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a he's, weird thing. but He's earned it. Yeah. Uh, work it, but is it worth it? Flip that, mix it. And reverse put your, it. Put your, put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Yep. There you go. Uh, man, was that Missy? Mm-hmm. Good time. And then she man. says something in reverse. And then she, she says something backwards. Yeah. It says something about getting wet. I don't know. I don't want to. And I don't want to think about Missy Elliott wet. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you keep taking this to a weird place. Uh, but uh, good news uh, for people at home is that we're both apparently going to Captain Sanchez. Um. This is going to be a little bit of a short show, apparently. But go UC, playing Xavier tonight. Screw him. Uh, I was actually at the fight um, against Xavier. Nice. Uh, where <laughs> Yancey laid the smack down. And um, I usually try to not condone violence in sports. But uh, Xavier is literally the worst. <laughs> nice. Closely followed by Louisville. Yeah. I, I could agree with you there with Louisville. Who do you hate collegiately? I mean, outside the boring, do like I, Duke and UNC or whatever. Who who do I hate? Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm I'm a St. John's fan, so it, 
I, I hold some old school Big old East. Old school Big East, man. For, yeah. How about hating like Pitt George, and Syracuse for, like for George, ruining the Big for like, East? For like Georgetown, I don't like Georgetown mm. and UConn. I think were the two the two I could live without. Yeah, yeah, I'd stick with those. Fair enough. I I hate Pitt and Syracuse for ruining the Big East in the first place by uh, mm-hmm. switching over to the ACC like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> And I hate Louisville well, for taking our place in the Big 12. And I hate uh, Ohio State because they blackballed us from even being uh, uh, applicable to the Big 10, which would have made sense because UC is at its core an engineering school. Uh, but Ohio State mm-hmm. was worried we'd take commits, which is the same reason they scheduled a home and away. And then those two <laughs> years we made the Orange Bowl. Uh, the year after that, we were supposed to start a home and away. And after we made it to the second Orange Bowl, they canceled it because they were worried we'd take their recruits. Which was that with way? Gunner Ke- was that with Gunnar Keel as your quarterback? Uh, no, it was when Tony Pike was our quarterback. Tony I think Pike. you'll find. <laughs> Wait, was he? Was 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 Gunnar Keel actually a Cincinnati quarterback? Was yeah. that right? With yeah. All right, cool. I, I was making sure my brain still worked. Yeah, he came back for grad school and lost the job. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which is real awkward. But yeah, that was the Tony Pike, Marty Gilliard, Isaiah Peed. Mm-hmm. Those were those were some uh, those were some good teams, man. Uh, th- this is what I was saying is um, the years that I was at UC, we were top 20 in both football and basketball at some point four of those five years. And it had to be because of you. It had to be because of you. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was definitely the best time to be there. Uh, no Sean Kilpatrick. He's a great dude. Now balling for the Nets. I mean, the Nets aren't balling, mm-hmm. but he's balling for them. Um, yeah, man, that was, a, that was a really fun time. Justin Jackson. Was awesome in uh, basketball. Yancey obviously was huge, but a waste of talent. But he was, he was a fun guy. Anyway, Just, I'm done reminiscing. Justin Jackson isn't that yeah. the kid from? That's the guy from Dawson's Creek. Isn't Jay it? Jackson. Uh, that's Josh Jackson. But I think there's also oh. another Justin Jackson in sports now. Oh. I think I saw that. But yeah, these people. These people get on the same page. They got to change their names. <laughs> yeah, we complain about when the names get crazy, and then also complain when the names are the same. Yeah, oh, well, you can't win. Should we have a random question? We're like super early. Nah, we ain't, we're good. It's we're at forty something. We've been bantering for for a while. We can talk about baseball. Baseball's only three weeks away. I know. Gregory Polanco's the greatest outfielder to have ever lived. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Sure. He's six five. Can go twenty five twenty five. Get you like a three twenty ish OBP. Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna be decent. I like the Pirates. They're pir- nobody's giving the Pirates any love this year. If they're if they're if they're, if they're young pitchers come around this year and develop all at the same time, yeah, they could they could be pushing the Cardinals for a wild card spot. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, everybody just got distracted because of the Cubs. Like <laughs> last last year was a down year for the Pirates, and we weren't that down. <laughs> yeah, no, you were you were over five hundred, right? You had like what 80, 84 and. 78, something like, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was not a bad season. It's just Cubs and Cardinals in your division is always going to make it tough. Although yep. the Cardinals also had a down season, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the Reds are garbage. The Brewers yeah. are equally garbage. Garbage. So it'll, it'll be yeah. the three of us again trying to contend. It's for a battle of attrition for the bottom <laughs> It sure is. Although I do think we're still a pitcher away. I think we really should have mm. gone, gone heavier for Quintana. I mean, unless, I, I we, think, unless we really believe that Glasnow can make a difference the second half of this season. I think if I think if you can get fifty to fifty-five starts out of Cool Tyon, Cool Tyon and and Glasnow this year, I think that you'll you'll win close to ninety. Yeah, that's that's the that's just a big if. If you can get fifty-five starts from those three guys, I think that you'll 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 be pushing ninety because they'll probably win, you know, fifty percent of those. Yeah, you know, or the team will win fifty percent of those starts, so that's twenty-seven wins right there. You know, yeah. And 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 uh, talking about how last year was a down year, our best pitcher and best player had bad years, in Cole and Kutch. So yeah, yeah. If those and that's just that, that's just half of the games. You know, yeah. pit, they're going to win more than they're going to win more than you know that than that. They'll probably win two thirds. So that's that's probably close to forty wins. So yep. I mean, if you're getting forty wins out of your out of your bottom four, your fourth and fifth starter basically, just probably Chad you know, Cool and. Uh, Nova, because we brought Nova back. Oh yeah, no, no, I think Nova's your two. Ooh, Ooh really? Yeah. I'd probably go Cole, Tyon, Nova, Glasnow, Cool. I think they they probably. I think it'll be. I think it'll be Cole, not Nova, and then Tyon to start the season, and then maybe Tyon will jump over him base because he's a lefty. So yeah. Also, 
Uh, I don't think we're going to trade Kutch. I think we're going to be in a pretty good position in July. And I, we're just going to push it. I, it depends on where they are in July. Uh, yeah. you, you know, they're, they're going to the Pirates are going to be one of those teams that they have significant pieces to trade at the deadline, but it all depends on where they are yeah. when it comes to that. Because yeah. Kutch is going to be the, the the sexiest name on the market, the biggest sure. bat available, most likely. Yeah, I'd agree. How are you feeling about your Yanks? Uh, well, I, I'm. Offensively, yeah, yeah. Basically, 2018 is looking bright. Um, but yeah, we're. Uh, I mean, our pitching staff. We need to be healthy all year. Tanaka is going to be Tanaka. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy. Uh, Sabathi was very underrated last year. I know his record and his ERA didn't say so, but look at his pitch to contact rate. He's he's a pitch to contact pitcher now. He's not like a swing and miss guy anymore. He's not the CC Sabathia we saw when he was like with the Brewers in the playoffs that one year. Uh, you know, they're gonna need they're gonna need a lot of luck this year to to be a contender, and they're young players. Greg Bird's got to do something. You know, Aaron Judge has got to not strike out 250 times, <laughs> and and they got to get something significant out of their middle infield again with Castro and you know Didi. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, there's your uh, brief baseball preview here. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now we're out of time, so I want to tell the folks that they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie, or you can find my writings on Razball.com. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries, uh, newly minted uh, lead fantasy writer for Goal.com. Um, well, it's technically official. I haven't actually written for them yet, but that'll start happening next week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, also, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find our stuff on EPL Roundtable, but you're already listening to it. But you should listen to our other shows as well. We have a Premier League show and a championship show. Also, we do a DFS show, which both of us just mentioned infinity times. I uh, was doing the rounds a little bit on Twitter earlier today, which uh, I think we sent that out from the EPL Roundtable Twitter and also our personal ones. So uh, be sure to give that a look-see. Um, also, this goes out on allinsportstalk.com and their app, allinsportstalk.com on uh, both the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining and listening and playing and loving and not fighting. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace.